This is Dr. Benny Tate, and you're listening to the Leeds Club Podcast, all about leadership, personal growth, and encouraging you in your walk with God. Our goal is simple, to help you lead like you never have before in your church, business, home, or whatever platform God has given you. Our next Lead Club session begins now. I want to take a few moments and I want to talk to you in this lesson on the test Jesus gave his leaders. The test Jesus gave his leaders. I, I love this little story. It says, uh, Johnny, I have a feeling you've been cheating on your test. Uh, and she, the teacher says, I just can't condone cheating. Johnny was astounded and asked the teacher to prove it. Well, said the teacher, I was looking over your test, and the question was, who was the first president? And the, the student that sits next to you, Mary, put George Washington, and so did you. So everyone knows that he was the first president. Well, just wait a minute, the teacher continued. The next question was, who freed the slaves? Mary put Abraham Lincoln, and so did you. Well, I read the history book last night, and I remember that, said Johnny. Well, said the teacher, the next question was, who was president during the Louisiana Purchase? <laughs> Mary put, I don't know, and you put, me neither. <laughs> Folks, I want to talk to you about uh, the test Jesus gave his leaders. And again, I want to I hasten to say, folks, everything that I've learned about leadership, I learned from Jesus. Because Jesus was the greatest leader ever. Amen? The greatest leader ever was Jesus Christ. Now, in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, I noticed something. Jesus literally prays all night. He prays all night, and then he chooses the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles. It was after he prayed all night. So certainly if we're making major decisions, we don't need to just make it arbitrarily. We need to make it bathed very much in prayer. So in, in, in Luke chapter 6, he uh, chose the disciples. But in Luke chapter 5, Verses 1 through 11. Let's read it. The Bible says, And it came to pass, that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, or, or by the Sea of Galilee, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them. Notice they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship, the amplification of the water. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all night. We've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto the partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. 
And they came and filled both the ships, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He was astonished, and all that were with him, at the drought of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, and henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. When they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Here's what I've noticed, folks. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus chose his disciples. But I am convinced in Luke chapter 5, he gave a test to them. <laughs> I believe in Luke chapter 6, he chose them. But I believe in Luke chapter 5, he put them to a test. Now, see, here's, I, I think here's where we miss it. We think that Jesus ch chose just a bunch of bumbling buffoons. Jesus chose just a bunch of ignorant and unlearned men. But I don't think that was true. I think they were well-skilled men. I think they were gifted. I think they were extremely talented. And there's a reason why he chose these 12 to be his disciples. I am convinced he put them through some tests. And I believe God puts us through some tests to determine whether or not he really can use us and really can use our lives. So what I want us to do, I want to take the Bible and I want us to look at the test that Jesus gave his leaders. I believe the first test that Jesus gives us is the action test. <laughs> the action test. I, I love what Jesus said. Jesus said, Pete, launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. And you know, I, I've often thought, Peter could have said, Jesus, get real. <laughs> Your arms are not broken. <laughs> Your arms are not broken. You're a carpenter. You're, you're pretty strong. Uh, uh, wow. Why, why don't you push the boat out? Or, or why, why don't you take care of this? But if you know anything about Peter, Peter was an action guy. Peter was an action guy. So when Jesus said launch out into the deep, Peter just launched out into the deep. Let me tell you something. You won't get much accomplished unless you have a little bit of action. I love what Will Rogers said. He said, even if you are on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. <laughs> even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. I love what Abe Lincoln said. He said, great things may come to those who wait, but only those things left over by those who hustle. <laughs> Only those things left over by those who hustle. This is what I've learned. Action people cause friction. 
if you've got some staff, you said, Pastor Benny, I want them to be action people. Well, let me say something. If they're action people, they're going to cause you some friction. Because action people cause friction. Steve Jobs said, small actions are easy. They bring small returns. Make small change and make a small difference. People that God uses, I am convinced, folks, are willing to make bold moves. The people that God uses are action people. What I mean by action people, they're willing to launch out into the deep. And if we want God to use us, folks, we can't just aim, 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 aim. Sometimes you got to pull the trigger. Now, I'd recommend you aim before you pull the trigger. But I would say to you, if we want God to use us, we got to launch out into the deep. God said, no, no, no. I'm going to choose my disciples, but I'm going to put them to a test. And the very first test that God put them for is God said, you've got to be an action person. You've got to be an action person. Sometimes you just got to kick the door down. Amen? Let me tell you the second test. That's the authority test. The authority test. Well, it, it, it's in verse 4 and 5. The Bible says, and when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Pete, launch out into the deep, let your nets down. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we've toiled all night and we've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to let down the net. Now, 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 here's what's so interesting. Here's what's so interesting. Jesus was a carpenter. Peter was a professional fisherman. <laughs> Peter, uh, Peter knew that this body of water was seven miles wide, 13 miles long, uh, 200 feet deep at the deepest point. Pete, Pete, Pete was a professional fisherman. He knew this water inside and out. And you know what Pete could have said? Hey, Jesus, let's talk. Come up real close. Jesus, you're a carpenter. Why don't you stick to nailing nails? I'm a professional fisherman. And see, Jesus, let me tell you something. You said to launch out into the deep. The fish are not in the deep water, Jesus. I fished it. The fish are in the shallow part of the lake. See, this was contrary to everything Peter knew. But you know what Peter did? He submitted to his authority. <laughs> he submitted to his authority. Now, let me tell you some, sometimes something that action people struggle with. Sometimes action people have a difficulty submitting to authority. Sometimes action people have a difficulty submitting to authority when they think and perhaps they may even be a better leader than the one that they're getting orders from. A great quote by Paul Daltrey. He said, if serving is beneath you, then leading is above you. If serving is beneath you, 
then leading is above you. You've got to be able to handle the authority test. And a lot of people can never progress because, listen, they're not able to handle the authority test. I want to share some scriptures I've shared many times. Psalms 133, verses 1 through 3. Look here, folks. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. By the way, when the Holy Spirit came, they were in one accord at one place. It's like precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garments. The anointing oil, oil came on his beard, and it literally flowed down to his garments. Amen? Look at, look at, as the dew of Mount Hermon, the dew descended upon the mountains of Zion. And look, for there God commanded the blessing. Here's what I want you to understand. Just as that anointing, that oil ran down the beard, just as the dew runs down the mountains, Mount Hermon, when you have unity, God will command the blessing on your life. When you submit to authority, when you submit to authority, God will bless you. You say, Pastor Benny, but you don't understand. No, no. When we submit to authority, God's blessing will be on us. You say, well, I, I, no, I don't agree. No, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you submitting to the authority and saying, that is my spiritual authority in my life. And I'm going to submit to it because God's blessing will be on me. Aristotle said, he who cannot be a good follower cannot be a good leader. He who cannot be a good follower cannot be a good leader. So I want you to see, I want you to see, there's the action test. There's the authority test. But then... There's a, there's, there's a third test that Jesus said, before I choose, there's a third test that leaders have to go through. It's the acknowledgement test. It's the acknowledgement test. You know, the, the, the Bible says that the guys dropped the nets and the fish started coming from crappy corner and Bass Boulevard and Lobster Lane. I mean, the fish started coming. From, from, from every direction. I mean, just, just, the, just the, the, the nets filled up. <laughs> and then if you look at verse 8 and 9, you know what Pete said? He fell on, down on his knees and he said, I am a sinful man. I am a sinful man. Now, you know what I would have thought Peter would have done? Look what I have done. Look what I have done. I'm going to travel the country now and do fishing conferences. I'm going to travel the conference. I'm going to travel the nation now, and I'm going to do fishing conferences, and I'm going to tell people how they ought to do it. But you know what Peter did? He acknowledged he acknowledged it was somebody other than him. You know, down on my desk, I've got a little 
plaque. It's, it's, it's sat on my desk for years. It's a quote by Ronald Reagan. This is it. There is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. <laughs> there is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. It's the acknowledgement test. Did you know men and ladies, research tells us there were 400 leaders in the Bible. 400 leaders in the Bible. And do you realize that only 80 of them ended faithful? 400 leaders, but only 80 of them were faithful for the long haul. I'm not real smart, but that's only 20%. Only 20% were faithful. But the research said this, of the 80 are the 20% that were faithful. What was the common quality that every one of them had? The common quality was humility. The common quality was humility. Think about this. Jesus described himself in one way. Jesus never said, I am powerful. Jesus never said, I am victorious. Jesus described himself one time in the Bible. He described himself in Matthew 11 and 29. These were the words, I'm meek and lowly. I am meek and lowly. There's a test. It's the acknowledgement test. The acknowledgement test. A young man came to Robert Murray McShane's church. Robert Murray McShane died at 29 years of age. McShane said, what a man is on his knees before God, that he is and nothing more. What a man is on his knees before God, that he is and nothing more. A young man came to Robert Murray McShane's church and said, I want to be like Robert Murray McShane. I want to be like him. And a deacon in that church said, you want to be like Robert Murray McShane? Come with me. I'm going to show you how. He took him to the vestry, the office of Robert Murray McShane. He said, son, sit down at his desk. Do what Robert Murray McShane does. He puts his hand on his head and he weeps before God asking God to use his life. He places his message before him and he weeps at his desk. 
You want to be like Robert Murray McShane? Be broken before God. You want to be like Robert Murray McShane? He said, son, come with me. Let's go to his pulpit. Stand in Robert Murray McShane's pulpit. Put your hands on your head. Bow your head and weep before God before you preach. Because that's what Robert Murray McShane does. I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to pass the acknowledgement test. We haven't served God until God gets the glory and somebody else gets the credit. It's the acknowledgement test. And if God's going to use us, we've got to pass the action test. You've got to pass the authority test. You've got to pass the acknowledgement test. But then there's a fourth test. You've got to pass the abandonment test. The abandonment test. Look what verse 11 says. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. They said, no, no. We're going to leave our family. We're going to leave our finances. We're going to leave the familiar. We're going to leave fishing. We're going to forsake all because we're going to follow him. Jim Elliott said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Now, let me, let me tell you something. I hope you pass all four tests. I, I believe you will. And, and, and certainly the disciples, they, uh, they passed uh, all four tests. But there's a fifth test that they didn't pass. I, I, I found it. I, I, listen, I, I never noticed this, but I found it, and I know you've noticed it. It's the anticipation test. They, 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 they didn't pass the in anticipation test. Uh, you say, well, what are you talking about? Well, well, look what Luke chapter 5 verse 4 says. And when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, Simon, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets. I never noticed this. You've, you've noticed it, I'm sure. Notice nets. It's plural. It's plural. <laughs> but look at verse 5. It says, And Simon answered and said unto the master, We've toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. See, look here. The only thing that's going to determine the size of your catch is the size of your nets. Anticipation. D.L. Moody was on his deathbed, and his son said, Daddy, give us a final word. You're going to die and go to heaven. And D.L. Moody said, Children, if God is your partner, Make your plans big. 
If God is your partner, make your plans big. According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. I remember 30 years ago, I told this story many times, but I came as pastor. And I said to Barbara, Barbara, you'll never believe what they've got in the baptistry. She said, what's in the baptistry? I said, Christmas decorations. She said, you got to be kidding. I said, no, baby. And I said, not only are Christmas decorations in the, in the baptistry, but mud's about two inches deep. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to put my shorts on. I, it's okay for preachers to wear shorts, right? I mean, okay. I was, I'm just, I, and nobody's seen me. Nobody's seen me. Okay. I said, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to put my shorts on. And I said, I'm going to get in there and clean that baptistry out. And I did just that. And the next service, the people said, we smell something different here today. And I said, I think it's probably Ajax. <laughs> it could be Pine Saw. Because let me tell you what I've done. I moved the Christmas decorations. I got in there. I removed all the mud. And I've announced a baptismal service. <laughs> I didn't have anybody to baptize. But I announced the date for the baptismal service. Because I said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to preach the gospel. And people are going to get saved. <laughs> and we got to baptize them. We got to anticipate. We got to anticipate let me tell you something. You've got to anticipate what the Lord's going to do. Not, not that we're anything special, but he's special. And he will, the people that do know God shall be strong and do exploits. You've got to believe him for big, big things. One of my heroes in the faith is Tommy Barnett. Tommy said, Benny, if I could do my ministry over, I'd dream bigger. I said, Tommy Barnett, you dream bigger. You started illustrated sermons. T.D. Jakes was ready to quit when he met you. All the ministries, all the dream centers, there's about a thousand of them now. Tommy, it's because of you. My goodness, Tommy, how could you, how could you dream bigger than Tommy Barnett? He said, oh. He said, Benny, Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And he said, Benny, if I'd thought bigger, if I'd dreamed bigger, God would have done bigger. The anticipation test. Make sure you pass the anticipation test. Why I want to bring people to Hooterville. <laughs> this is Hooterville, by the way. Our zip code Z-I-E-I-O. I want to bring people out here in the middle of nowhere because Booker T. Washington said, you don't judge a man's success by what he accomplishes in life, but you judge a man's success by the obstacles he overcomes to accomplish whatever he accomplishes. All I want you to see, folks, somebody said location, 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 location. I've got a Greek word for that, baloney. 
With God, all things are possible. And you believe God for big things because I want to report to you, God can do exploits. God can do great things. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me wrap this up. Let me give you some statements as we, uh, as we wrap up. Uh, number one, you have to give up to go up. You have to give up to go up. I want you, I want you to know that. Uh, they had to let go of fishing. And I want you to know something. You say, Pastor Brother Benny, I, 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 wanna, I want to uh, go up. Well, you got to give up. I want to go up. You got to give up. Uh, uh, John D. Rockefeller said, you got to give up the good to go for the great. You, you've got to give up to go up. The second thing I'd say to you, and you got to decide what, Pastor, what do, I, what do I need to give up? The second thing I'd say to you, one sacrifice rarely guarantees success. One sacrifice rarely guarantees success. I look at life and sometimes I look at some trade-offs that have paid off. Some trade-offs that have paid off. What happens to me now? A lot of times I'll have ministers, pastors, leaders come and they'll say sometimes in the conversation, I want to do what you do. I want to do what you do. And I'll say that's wonderful. But do you do want to do you want to do what I've done? <laughs> do you want to do what I have done? Because one sacrifice rarely guarantees success. But I'll promise you this. Listen to me closely. If you are willing to do more than you're paid to do, eventually you will be paid more than you do. I promise you that. You have to give up to go up. One sacrifice rarely guarantees success. And number three, the higher you reach, the greater your sacrifice. The higher you reach, the greater your sacrifice. I want to I, I close with this story. I want to close with this story and this lesson. Uh, 150 years ago, the American Baptist Mission wanted to send some missionaries to India. Actually, Assam, India. Assam, India. And I don't know if you're familiar, but Assam, India, the region of Assam was known for headhunters. <laughs> and the Baptist, American Baptist Mission sent some missionaries there. This headhunter village. And there was a man and his wife and two children who accepted Christ. They got gloriously saved, accepted Christ, and they started winning people in that village to Christ. 
and it greatly upset the chief. True story. Greatly upset the chief. And he said, you'll either denounce your faith or you'll be executed. And the man said, the man said, shortly after the chief said those words, instantly, he composed a song. Instantly. You denounce your faith. Or your wife and your two sons will be killed. History says he composed a song. This was the song. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. <laughs> no turning back. He said when he shared those words, the headhunters shot arrows into his two sons. As the arrows went into his sons, they fell to the floor and began to twitch. They began to twitch, dying there on the floor. And the chief said, Now, will you denounce your faith? And the man said, The words came to me. Though no one joins me, still I will follow. Though no one joins me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. At that, the chief ordered the wife to be arrowed down. She joined the two boys in death. And that father looked at those two sons and he looked at that, that wife and he said these words, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back. After those words, the chief had him shot. In a few moments, we're going to sing that song. But the chief said, why would a man, why would a man give his children why would a man give his wife why would a man give his life for a man who lived 2,000 years ago <laughs> and then the chief said I want 
that faith. I want that faith. I want that faith. And the missionary led him to Christ. And the chief stood before the villagers and said, I too belong to Jesus. I too belong to Jesus. And the whole village accepted Christ as personal Savior. Because one man said, I have decided to follow Jesus. Let me say something today, folks. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm not going to let my family stop me. I'm not going to let my friends stop me. I'm not going to let my frustration stop me. I'm not going to let my finances stop me. I'm not going to let my flesh stop me. I'm not going to let my foes stop me. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. There was a man by the name of Henry Varley. And I'm done. I'm sorry that sometimes my teaching turns into preaching. There's a close similarity. The teacher tells it and the preacher yells it. Amen. There's a close similarity. But Henry Varley made a statement. He said, the world has yet to see what God will do with and for and through a man who's fully consecrated to him. And there was a, a guy probably like me who doesn't have all the gifts, doesn't have great ability, struggles sometimes speaking with pronunciation and a lot of other things. He heard him say, the world has yet to see what God will do with and for and through the man who's fully consecrated to him. And this guy said, he didn't say what God would do with an intelligent man. He didn't say what God would do with an educated man. He didn't say what God would do with a gifted man. He didn't say what God would do with a talented man. He said what God would do with a man or woman that's fully consecrated to him. God only knows what he'll do with our lives when we fully commit to him. I want Amber to lead us. I want Amber to lead us in that, that song. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And here's what I want us to do. Folks. I wasn't planning. I didn't plan this. But I want us to stand. I want us to stand. When Henry Varley said those words, D.L. Moody said, I want to be that man. D.L. Moody said, I want to be that man. 
We're going to sing this. You sing it. You praise the Lord. But we have altars. If you say, Pastor Ben, I just want to get on my face before God. I just want to recommit myself to the Lord. I just want to freshen and anew tell the Lord, I've decided to follow him no matter what. <laughs> no turning back. No turning back. Maybe you want to come and say, I just want to be that man. God, I make a commitment today. I just want to be that woman that's fully consecrated to you. No turning back. No turning back. Thank you for joining us for today's Leeds Club session. We hope you feel encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information or resources about leadership, be sure and check out our website at rockspringsonline.com leadership. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, personal growth, and encouragement. As you walk with God, we want to help you get to the next level.